especially when you're coming in your first year, like, you think it's just about fun. It's not, because at this point, this is your career. You have to do everything possible to make sure you have you keep a job. Like, mm-hmm. it's not college anymore. You can't just be messing up and, oh, it's okay, you get a pat on the back. No, you can get fired. Take it serious um, and expect it to be hard. Advice is when you have in your mentality be confident confidence is key because they're not they're everybody's job over here is not to make you feel good you have to do that for yourself you mm-hmm. have to bring that with you every day to practice to the games anything you do you have to keep that confidence and try to have fun because you're so far away from home that if it's miserable I'm sorry, you're not going to play good if you're not happy. Mm-hmm. So find something wherever you're at. Find something that brings you happiness, that brings you joy, so that you can continue on and just keep playing. Another season in the books. The podcast featuring European professional athletes who pursue their university degrees at home or in the United States. We'll talk about the ups and the downs, the pros and the cons. We'll hear from each athlete as they talk about their journey through academics and athletics. I'll also be talking to coaches and getting their opinion on the subject as well. I'm your host, Leslie Knight, 11-year veteran in Spain's professional basketball leagues, Liga Femenina 2 and La Liga Endesa. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode here on Another Season in the Books. It's my absolute pleasure to deliver today's interview to all of you. Erica Carter is a funny, positive, hardworking, and competitive soul. She loves peanut butter sandwiches, Tootsie Rolls, and LeBron James. From Long Beach, California, she traveled more than halfway across the United States to go to school at the University of Louisville. She was drafted in 2019 to the Phoenix Mercury and is now in her second season as a professional basketball player overseas. Here she is, the one and only. Good afternoon, Erica Carter, AC, dare I say, Arika, as the the Spaniards say. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for how this is going to go. Well, time will tell. Hopefully, hopefully it's not too painful. Um, how's the bus ride going for you so far today? Um, you know, it's pretty good, except for the beginning, because my teammates all pulled out food. Oh. Uh, pastas, and I could just smell it, so I was getting real jealous. You didn't bring any food? No, not like food food i brought a peanut butter sandwich you know so that's what i ate after they had pastas really and i was like let me go to sleep because oh. i don't want to keep smelling this but i was gonna ask that, you what you cooked up you cooked up a peanut butter sandwich no jelly no jelly just peanut butter peanut butter peanut butter and bread peanut butter and bread there must be a drink to go along with that because nope. i know that's how much i love peanut butter <laughs> And we were just talking about this. You prefer the chunky peanut butter. Yes, with the little pieces of peanuts in it. But it's here amazing. in Spain? Don't have it. Of course you, There might be at a, at a supermarket called Little. At Little? I think so. I think I used to buy it. It's called... Oh, man. Now I don't remember. I'll have to look it up for you. Okay, if it is, then... I mean, I'm sure know. it's not going to be like a Skippy or a Jif Chunky, but... Well, you know, I'm blessed to be going home, so <laughs> this is I'll true. bring some back. This is true. Um, all right, first question. What's your first sports memory? Oh, my first sports memory. Like, it doesn't have to be basketball. It can just be whatever you remember re- in reference to sports. Probably. Um, so I didn't used to. I started off playing golf because my grandfather was a golfer so that's what I used to do so I just used to remember him waking me up in the mornings and I'd be so excited just because I was with him you know Um, going to the golf course and you know I was small so all I could do was the little putt putt (laughs) (laughs) they didn't let me get on the green to really hit so Uh. you know that's probably the one of my favorite 
Sports yeah. Complex. And in California, you guys probably have a lot of beautiful courses, too. Oh, yeah. And it's important to golf because that's where all the business deals happen. <laughs> this is true. Yes. I need to get into golfing. I need you to should. Get... <laughs> um, so how many years did you golf for? I golfed for a long time, probably until I was probably like 12. Oh, wow. But then, you know, that's for California, for the states. That's when like AAU starts becoming big and so basketball just kind of took over you, you know? had to choose yeah had to focus okay. on basketball. and what did grandpa think about that i mean he wasn't mad you know he was a little sad he was still trying to get me like come on come to the golf course with me which that was our thing so i will always go but he knew did you guys walk the courses or did you drive a golf cart um we used to walk them because he actually worked at one oh so that's how he got me into it um so we would walk and the most exciting day was the day that I beat him one time. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. That's impressive. And you were only like 12, 11 years old? Yeah, he probably let me beat him. But <laughs> <laughs> to this day, it feels good to me. <laughs> nice grandfather. <laughs> um, that's a workout, though. Walking 18 holes. It is. Good it is. for you. That's why you, like, when you golf, you do it with people that, that you enjoy. Cause you, it's it's a lot of conversation, like you said, walking. It uh-huh. takes a lot of time. It takes hours. Like what, four hours or so, maybe? Yeah. To do eighteen holes. And sometimes you could like cheat and say, "Oh, today I'm just do nine. and that's still a long time. So. Did you guys do golf? Um, what do I want to say? Like fundraisers in college as we a did. team? Yeah. And then I'm assuming you actually participated. I I mean. Or you teed off, maybe. I teed off, but at, at that time, I sucked. <laughs> it was so long. Okay, okay. Because I was golfing, like, my hits were terrible. Do you have a favorite uh, female or male golfer? I mean, no. I don't even really know them, except for, like, Tiger okay. Woods. Of course, everybody knows Tiger Woods. So yeah. I guess him. Everybody knows Tiger Woods, and unfortunately... I hope not for the bad things, okay? <laughs> Let's talk about the good golfing days. Um, okay, so would you say you grew up in a sports-oriented or sports-minded family? No. Really? Like, not my... My mother didn't play sports. My dad wasn't really around, but he didn't play sports. My sister didn't. My granny did, but that was back in the old days. She loves to tell this story. She played when... There wasn't, uh, you only played half court. Oh, so, she played then. Yeah, a long time Good ago. Good for her. But she never talked to me about sports. Um, yeah. It was really like my cousins that got me into it. Um, but no, not not very sports-minded. I mean, because I played, they watched a lot, and they started learning about basketball and stuff. So So why would you say you got into basketball? My cousins. They okay. were boys, and they were the only people like the only kids around my age mm-hmm. so I hung out with them a lot and they play basketball so I just started playing basketball and I just fell in love with it wow yeah interesting so then uh, when would you say you started taking it more seriously mm-hmm. or when did you start playing I guess I should ask that first I started playing when I was like eight okay um, at a park you know, like park and rec, like you play mm-hmm. in the league with the boys and the girls. Um, but I didn't start taking it serious until I probably got like, well, not long after that. Probably like two years after that, I was like, oh, I'm really going to do it. My you were hooked. was like, let's go, let's find you a team. Like, and then mm-hmm. I was in. Okay. So do you remember when the recruiting process started for you? College or like? Yeah. My freshman year of high school okay you know how you get those those letters mm-hmm. and, but it's not even them telling you like give me an offer or anything it's just like the letters they sent to all the kids yeah but I was so excited like they offered me I got an offer from the <laughs> school like and then like later on in life I'm like that was not an offer <laughs> <laughs> they're just mass sending out these it's mass like- <laughs> amount of letters yeah and sometimes my letters were addressed to a different person are you serious? Yeah, occasionally it wasn't the name Leslie, it was some other name, and I'm like, oh, they made him, they they didn't cross their T's and <laughs> dot their I's because they made a mistake, so. And sent it to me. Yep. Wow. Yep. I mean, they send out so many. Yeah, because it's just like, they don't really care, they're just trying to yeah. get your eye or like hook your interest, but they don't mean anything. 
So considering the fact that you were probably the first one in your family to go on a sports scholarship, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, how was that process? Like, did you take your unofficial visits? Did you take official visits? Did you talk on the phone to a lot of people? I mean, because I know young athletes going through this process now, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And if you don't have parents or an older sibling that's done it, it can be confusing too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so sure. how was that process for you? Um, it, was, it wasn't too bad because of the people I had around me due to playing AAU basketball mm-hmm. or like high school basketball. Like there were older people who kind of I could talk to and ask them questions. Um, that's but good. my family was just so supportive and so ready for me to like make the best decision that they started doing their own research, hmm. trying to figure out what I needed and trying to help me. Um, but I wasn't very good during the recruiting process. Like coaches would call me, I wouldn't answer their calls because <laughs> I just did not. I'm like, I don't want to talk on the phone with y'all. Like, what? But now when I look back, I'm like, girl, you so childish for that. Like, <laughs> like you'd rather t- uh, message them on Instagram or what do you mean? Like, I would rather you just text me and I text you back. Uh-huh. Sometimes I'm not even good at texting, so that wouldn't work either. But <laughs> I used to be ignoring their calls. And when I finally chose Louisville, one of the coaches that was like really recruiting me heavy, he's like, uh, you know, you were really hard to keep recruiting because you just didn't want to talk. You never answered my calls. I had to keep blowing you up. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that whole process. Like, recruiting, the recruiting process to me is just, I mean, it's great when you are first in it. But once it just keeps going and once it gets to the, the nitty gritty, you're just like, man, I'm over this. Let me just pick a school. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just hurry up and pick one so I can just be chilling. I don't got to worry about none of this anymore. Yeah. But when you think about it from a coach's perspective, I have a couple friends that are in the college coaching world, and it is tough because, especially with iPhones now and smartphones, kids are so used to just texting yeah. and not actually having conversations. Um, and so I wonder if that – it's just got to be hard for recruiting in general. For you know? sure. Because – people argue that young kids now they're losing their social abilities because they're not forced to talk face to face or on the phone yeah um I don't know if that was your case or not but no in high school you have a lot going on too to be answering calls all the time you're not worried about answering (laughs) nobody call you like I'm trying to have fun I'm trying to live my life but because I want to be a coach now I understand like how important it is to get those phone calls to make those phone calls Mm -hmm. to those kids so Yep. I'm sorry, Coach, if you listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what made you decide on Louisville? Because I looked it up on the map today. It's a 31-hour drive from Long Beach. Yes, That's a long ways. It's very far. Um, really, it was just when I went on my visit, I didn't expect to go there. Um, but it was just like a family environment. I'm big on family. Hmm. So when I went there and it felt like everybody was just – like everybody loved each other everybody was going to take care of each other and then I knew that I'd be able to compete for a national championship which was very important to me um and then the fans were just crazy like you felt like uh, I felt like I was a star (laughs) like NBA like the fans walking up to you like hi how you doing Erica like so just the whole environment the facilities were amazing um just everything about the school it just sucked me in okay by plane what is it like a two and a half three hour plane ride maybe oh no, it's like or is it five it's like from california five, to louisville five or six direct flight without stops yeah it was kind of a long flight wow okay and so louisville y- is a small airport mm. um they don't have a big one so uh so you might have to have a layover somewhere. Yeah. Ah. Most of the time I okay. did. Okay. Wow. So what were your parents thinking when you decided to go that far away from home? Because California has some great schools out there too, but... No, they do. Like you said, you had a maybe more of a reputation, Louisville, for yeah. winning a national championship or something? Yeah. You know, my whole life I thought I was going to USC. I was like, I'm going to USC, I'm going to USC. But obviously Louisville is at a higher level than them. Um, But my parents, they were happy. My sister was like, good, you need to get away because you're a baby. 
<laughs> but I am happy I got away because it did help me grow up more. Sure. Um, if I stayed at home, I'd probably be still like relying on them for more things. I wouldn't have learned a lot of life lessons. So mm -hmm. they're happy I got away, and so am I. So am I. Um, what was the transition like for you from high school to college as far as like on the court, off the court, preseason workouts, weights, um, balancing academics with your sport? It's a jump. It's yeah. a big jump. Well, the conditioning part wasn't too bad because actually at my high school, during the summertime, we had to come at 7 in the morning ah. to the track. And we used to run on the track, like run 400s or run 300s on the track. So wow. when I went to college, I was kind of used to that, like the hell week okay. in the summertime. Um, but we didn't do weights a lot. Like when I got there, they wanted me to gain weight. So I was just scarfing out. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> They used to make me take, like, two of them. Like, you need to eat two after every lift. Like, um, so that was, that was tough. And then for me, for my first year, it was really hard. Like, I kind of went through, like, a, a depression mm. because I struggled so much with my coach um, being so tough on me. Mm. I wasn't mentally tough enough yet to handle it. And, but he didn't care. You know, you know, when you're in college, they're not thinking about right. worrying about you. They're not so, trying to baby anybody. Yeah. So that was tough for me, but I'm thankful for it because mm. it's made me so much more stronger now. Like, I feel like I, I can handle any coach because of him. Mm. So, yeah, the first the first year was rough. Yeah, and being so far away from your family. Exactly. So it's not like I just go like, Mom, God. <laughs> no, I'm calling you like, Mom. And then I got to a point where I didn't even call them because I'm like, they can't do anything for me. Right. Like, yeah, so it was yeah. tough. Interesting because during their recruiting process, your official visit, everything is really nice and it's you're being... It's going to be amazing. <laughs> We're going to take such great care of her. You don't have to worry about anything. Right. Would you say there were any type of strategies that you, like, used to get through that? Or what were you telling yourself when you would leave practice and you would go back to your apartment or, um, you know, leave the gym? Like, what were you mentally trying to tell yourself to get yourself through all that? Um, at first, Because it's it sink or swim. I mean, you could have you could have crumbled. Literally, you know? yes. Um, at first, I was just telling myself, like, you can do it. Like, it's okay. You got it. You got it. You got it. But after it kept happening for so long, you know, it's hard to keep telling yourself that because right. at this point it's like, can I do it? Like, do, can I really do this? It, do they really want me here? Like, you just mm -hmm. start asking all different types of questions that you shouldn't even be asking yourself. So that's when I, I had to talk to a sports psychologist mm. and she just changed everything for me. She just helped my mindset and everything. So I'm, I'm really thankful for her. But... Yeah, it's hard to do alone. It's hard to do alone. And I, I definitely wouldn't have been able to get through it if it wasn't for her. Hmm. Well, that's nice. I'm glad to hear you say that because I think sports psychologists are, uh, whether you're having a hard time or not, you know, I think it's helpful. Yeah. Um, did you know what you wanted to major in when you were a freshman? I thought I did. Um, I thought I wanted to be a, a athletic trainer. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. But... After I was with mine, like, I, I had injuries. So after being with mine and just seeing, like, dealing with 12 girls on a daily, <laughs> oh, my God, it's just too much. It's too much. One is going to act this way. The other one going to act this way. You're going to get attitudes. Like, you just never know what you're going to get. So I was just like, whoa, no. Don't want to do that. And then it was just, at a point, it just became too specific with, like, muscles or, like, certain stuff I'm like I don't really want to know all of this I just want to help people okay so that's where sports psychology is like it's mm. more of helping more of the mind so yeah so your I major switched. was psychology yeah I did um, exercise science and psychology I did both okay nice yeah um, okay, so you have, you spent four years, or actually five, wow. because you redshirted a year. Yeah. Um, were you able to then get a master's or something? So I was going to get a master's in psychology, mm -hmm. but because it was going to take too long, it was going to take like 
two and a half years. Mm. I just did a double major instead because okay. I knew that I wanted to go play pro. Mm-hmm. And doing school overseas or while you playing is, is tough for me. I need mm-hmm. to be in the class with the teacher. So I knew it wasn't going to be enough time. Um, so hopefully I'll go back for that. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> but well, hey, a double major, that's nothing to, you know. Yeah. That's that's great. Congratulations. Yeah, something. Yeah. Um, okay, so after your four five years, your senior year, your super senior year, um, what was the environment like? Did you think you were going to get drafted? Did you know that you were going to get drafted? So for me, in my mind, I felt it. Like, I was like, you know what? You've been consistent um, these past couple of years. Like, you've been playing well. Like, you're going to get a chance. Somebody's going to give you a chance. Um, but it was still surprising when it happened. Like, I was out at a, at a Cuban place eating with my friends and we're eating I'm watching it on my phone and my phone like is delayed so when I got drafted I didn't even know yet oh so people would call me like oh my god congratulations I'm like what are you talking about and they're like I'm so proud of you like you deserve it I'm like thank you then I finally see it on my phone I, I just hung up and I started going crazy. Like, ah. <laughs> I went running around a restaurant. Everybody's looking at me crazy. I don't even care. I'm like, ah, I got drafted. My <laughs> friend's like, she got drafted. Um, That's so awesome. it was crazy. I'm like, shots. We need shots. <laughs> <laughs> Got to celebrate, yeah. Exactly. But, no, that was an amazing night. Um, the way it went, it was perfect. So then how much time passed between that moment and then when you actually had to, like, pack your bags and leave and go to training camp a week and a half to two weeks because I was able to go earlier than everybody else because our school we finished earlier than other schools so when they called me they're like you could come this date blah 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 so I'm like well of course I want to get there as early as possible so I can start working out like doing everything so probably like two weeks I went straight there right straight to Phoenix yeah Okay. I had and, to figure out how to send my stuff home. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in your mind, what's going through your mind when you're on that f- plane and you're headed to Phoenix and you know that you're going to be working out on the same court like with people like Diana Taurasi, I think Brittany Griner, maybe, yeah. Dewana Bonner. Like, what's going through your mind? I mean, I was nervous <laughs> as shit. Okay? <laughs> Let me just tell you. I'm on a plane. I'm so excited. Like, I'm thinking, like, what am I going to say to these people when I meet them? Like, but then I kind of had to, like, bring myself back to earth. Like, we're all basketball players. They're normal people. I'm a normal person. Like, there's a reason why you're here. Don't don't act like you don't deserve this. Act like you, you should be here. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, it was just like, take this time and soak in everything you can. Learn everything you can from them because mm-hmm. you don't know what can happen. So when I got there, I just was talking to everybody, you know, just trying to make sure that I, I left a mark there for people to think twice about my name. Like, oh, Erica Carter, yeah, I remember her, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, it was amazing. What do you think were the biggest differences between your practices with these WNBA professional players and your college practices? Like, where did you see the biggest changes or adjustments? Uh, basketball IQ, for sure. Mm. Um the little stupid stuff you did in college, they're not doing that in the WNBA. Like, and when you make dumb turnovers or if you if you do something bad, they're not thinking twice about it. They're just on to the next play. Hmm. Rather than in college, some some your teammate or your coach got to be like, no, it's okay, you could do it. No, here we're all grown. So if you mess up, figure it out and, and hmm. make it up the next play. Or when you're making a play, you're not. They're, they're making the read before it happens. Like, they're throwing the ball to this spot because that's where they know you're going to be, and you better be there. Mm-hmm. And it just made you, like, tighten up your game. It's like, I don't want to be the one out there making mistakes. I don't want to be the one looking bad. So I'm going to be on it. I'm going to watch what y'all do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what y'all do as best as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the, the little mental things and, like, their mentality was just like, 
I'm the best person on this court. And that's how it should be. That's that's your mindset. That's what you should be thinking. But you're not always thinking that. But mm-hmm. when I was there, I'm like, yeah, I'm the best person on this court <laughs> with Diana Taurasi. <laughs> that's awesome yeah um and what about just like the quickness of the game did you think that it sped up a lot from college yes I mean I mean yeah I think it did speed up but more than the speed I think it was more physical okay so like little ticky tack fouls no they they in there pushing you off screen they grabbing you like right it was such a different physically. Like, they're stealing the ball from you because they're bumping you so much that you're not used to it. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what I learned from uh, Breon January. She's one of the best defenders I've seen. And when she would guard me, I'd be like, oh, get, like, get off of me. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> like a little kid. Like, leave me alone. But, um, no, it was it's very physical. But it is fast, too. Like, get the rebound, go. Uh-huh. Like, we running. We're running. We're running. So, yeah, uh-huh. it was. How many weeks were you at training camp? Training camp was, training camp was like a month. Wow. Or like three weeks, three weeks to a month. Training camp was. Um, but it was weird because I I was asking like my other friends who got drafted and stuff about their training camps, and they're like, some of them were saying like we're running, doing condition. I'm like, we're not doing any of that. Like, mm. we're just playing. Like, mm-hmm. we come straight to training camp. It's not, like, a bunch of drills. No, it's play five on, five on five, play three on three, like, mm-hmm. realistic game stuff. Yeah, which I would enjoy that more as a player oh, for yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, I was happy. When I was talking to my <laughs> other friends, I'm like, oh, I'm blessed. I'm lucky to yeah. be here. Yeah, because you would think that veterans like Diana Taurasi, if I was her, I wouldn't necessarily want to be out there just running to run. Yeah, no. You know? No, and while I was there, she was hurt, so. Uh when she was coming back they're not about to make diana just be running and stuff like right. bg like it was a lot of vets on that team so mm-hmm. i think that's why it was also the way it was because it was so many vets they're like we don't need to do this extra stuff yeah so everybody else isn't going to do it which was mm-hmm. nice so then unfortunately i think you did play in some games mm-hmm. correct i played like two or three games okay and then you got waived? Yeah. Or you, and then, so when did you start thinking about playing overseas? Did you know a lot about the overseas world? Did you know that that's maybe what you were going to end up doing? Well, so I was preparing myself before the draft to go overseas. Okay. Even though I still had no clue about overseas. Like, I'm asking my friends about it. But, you know, everybody's experience is different. Mm-hmm. And most of my friends I was asking were post players. Huh. So that's totally different, like the value of a post player versus a guard is, you know, is sure. is a big difference. So I wasn't really prepared. I was just hoping that I just knew that wherever I went, I was going to do my best to make it work. I was going to do my best in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I got waived, that's when I started talking to my, my agent a little bit more about like where I would be going overseas and how all that would work. Uh, but I had no clue what to expect. Okay. Did you have, like, so I'm, I'm assuming you didn't even have a preference as to what country you wanted to go to or anything? I was, just told her I knew I wanted to be in Europe. Uh, but nope, nothing else. Okay. <laughs> nothing else. So when she told you you had this offer from Cáceres from Spain, a team in Spain, um, and you said yes, before coming, did you have any sort of stereotypes about Spain, the culture, anything? Oh, I did. I thought... I was expecting great weather. I was expecting amazing food. Okay. I was expecting what else was I expecting when I got to Cadiz? Like just like like a beautiful view, like just great <laughs> sightseeing. Like it's just gonna be amazing. It's gonna be so beautiful out there, like a movie. Yeah. And when I got to Cadiz, it was so different. Like especially because it's a small city like a lot of people didn't even know where that was i had no clue so people like where you at catheters what's where's that (laughs) don't worry about it it's a small city in spain (laughs) that's what i just started saying to people like a small city in spain but 
when I got here, it was totally different. But it wasn't even different in a bad way. It was just different. And Mm -hmm. I'm happy to have went there because I'm all about, like, new things. So just experiencing something so different from what I'm used to was, it was fun. You Mm -hmm. know, I could say I went to Catholic. How many people (laughs) will be able to say that? Probably not many. From Long (laughs) Beach? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the downtown, the historical part of Cáceres, I think is really beautiful. I yeah, mean, it's a small little, town, um, definitely. Yeah, the historical center part yeah. of town. Yeah. No, that place is nice. It's just like, besides walking there and like sitting and having a beer or sitting and eating or something mm-hmm. in that in that nice area, there wasn't much else to do. Yeah. Uh, but that that area was nice. I do I do agree with that. Um, were there any things that you had a hard time adjusting to when you came to Spain as far as, I don't know, when you say hello, when people are like doing the kisses or the, the hours of when they eat lunch and when they eat dinner, what, what was hard for you to adjust to? So the first thing was the kisses thing, which is weird because people well probably because of COVID. I was about to say, they don't do that much out here, but it's probably because of COVID. Right. But like you would be like saying hi and they're like walking up to you like hugging you like I'm like I'm like kind of backing up like I don't know you like what are you doing and then like just like personal space you could be in a grocery store somewhere and standing in line and the the next person is standing right next to you and you're like looking like like do you see me yes do you know that I'm here right now like you don't know me so why are you so like we're literally touching arms I'm like and they don't care no it's just normal (laughs) so I was just like okay I had to get used to that then the timing of eating like you said like eating dinner at nine ten o'clock like that's normal I was like this is crazy and America (laughs) is just like no you don't do that like you need to let your food digest right like it's bad for your health or something yeah (laughs) and then i started thinking like thinking like how are people not fat out here eating dinner this late but then i i put it all together in spain people walk everywhere so you kind of getting those calories off right by just walking everywhere but yeah dinner so late was definitely something different something to get used to what about the basketball? Did you think the basketball was similar to your past experiences? Did you do you like the style of play? It's actually more similar than I thought. Okay. Um, it's more of a team. They play more team basketball in Spain rather than like other countries, like probably like Israel or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where, which I've talked to most of my friends, they're like, yeah, you know, it's like American versus American. Mm-hmm. If you don't do good, then you're out but out here it's more like team like Mm -hmm. she's gonna score she's gonna score she's gonna do this she's gonna do this which was um which was good for me because that's where I just came from Mm -hmm. you know college is yeah you probably have your top players but you're still playing as a team it's not like just one player just gonna go crazy shoot every single shot right um which is nice which is what I like about this league too when I came to Catholic one of the most important things for me was like to compete to play with top level players and people that's gonna make me better right so a lot of people say the Spanish league is one of the most competitive or intense leagues yeah as far as a whole you know there aren't just maybe two teams that are the best um so that's definitely what I heard so when I I heard I was going to be in this league I was like okay bring it on let's try it (laughs) Um, and I'm just curious, like, how do you think living overseas the last almost two years is contributing to your overall growth as a human being? Like, do you think it's changing you in, in good ways? For sure. I think it's definitely made me more independent because, first off, I'm so far away from home. Mm-hmm. There's no way anybody from home can do anything for me out here. Um you kind of have to figure out life on your own. Like, even just coming to Madrid was, uh, it opened my eyes more with the transportation. Hmm. Like, <laughs> even in Canada, they used to drive us everywhere. I come to Madrid, they're like, no, take the bus. The train is amazing out here. <laughs> <Everybody> <laughs> the, the metro? <laughs> 
the metro is great. I'm like, metro? <laughs> what? Right, because in California, do you guys have a metro system? You no, don't, do you? like, they're starting to build, like, they have, like, one going right now. They're trying to start building huh. more. But that's not a thing. Right. Which is why the traffic is so bad, too. Everybody's either driving or on the bus, I that's would assume. That's very true. That's very hmm. true. So that was even a big thing for me. I, when I called my sister, I'm like, they're trying to make me get on the metro. She's like, <laughs> you're a grown-up. That is okay. I'm like, no, this is this doesn't make sense. This is crazy. She's like, girl, you're doing too much. She's not even listening to me. <laughs> She's like, girl, get, I don't even want to talk to you no more. Bye. Yeah. But, I mean, but there really aren't too many towns in Spain that have metros besides what Madrid, Barcelona, you know. So depending on where you play, right. you're either going to have your own car, you're going to drive, or you're going to walk. Um, but in Madrid, you know, six million people, it's just the way yeah. of life. It is. It is. <laughs> I've learned. I hear it every day. So no, yeah, um, it's definitely just made me be more of a grown up. I'm happy because I don't want to be going back home and be a burden on my family. Like, it's made me think more about my future and what I need to do to put things in place so I don't have to depend on other people. Mm -hmm. So I think overseas has definitely done great things for me. And your Spanish is improving. It is. (laughs) Y'all heard her. Y'all heard her. She told me. I didn't ask her. (laughs) Did you take Spanish at all in high school or college? So I took it in high school, and I was probably actually learning in high school. Okay. Because the teacher, she was, uh, she actually spoke Spanish. Like, that was her first language. Okay. So. There was little English taking place in her classes. Yes, like, we would watch Spanish movies. If we wanted to do something, we had to ask in Spanish. Like, if I had to go to the bathroom. If you didn't ask in Spanish, she wasn't letting you go. Right. So, like, stuff like that. But then in college, I took it, and I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> it was online. I'm just like, man. I'm, let me and just little did done. you know you were going to end up <laughs> playing and living in Spain and hearing it on a daily basis. And now I need it. Wasted all that time. Well, it's improving. It's improving. Thank you. <laughs> um, and before we get into our little rapid-fire session, do you have any advice for the younger players who are thinking about coming overseas like what type of mentality should they have what type of approach should they have to what life is going to be like playing overseas because it's very different from your college days right the the resources the facilities um everything you know and not everybody has a long career and I'm assuming that you want to continue playing for I want to play till my body my body breaks down (laughs) yeah so in order to get through just the obstacles and whatnot like what would you say to the younger generation? To it, what, what should they expect and how should they approach it? Okay, first thing, expect it to be hard. Like, whoever tells you overseas it's going to be a piece of cake, they lie. It's going to be hard. Um, it's not all glitz and glam. No, it's not at all. Like, especially when you're coming in your first year, like, you think it's just about fun. It's not. Because at this point, this is your career. You have to do everything possible to make sure you have you keep a job. Mm-hmm. Like it's not college anymore. You can't just be messing up and oh, it's okay. You get a pat on the back. No, you mm-hmm. could get fired. Right, especially so, as an American, because there are only two spots. Exactly. So take it serious um, and expect it to be hard. Advice is when you have in your mentality. Be confident. Confidence is key because they're not they're everybody's job over here is not to make you feel good. You have to do that for yourself. You mm-hmm. have to bring that with you every day to practice to the games. Anything you do, you have to keep that confidence and try to have fun because you're so far away from home that if it's miserable, I'm sorry, you're not gonna play good if you're not happy. Mm-hmm. So find something wherever you're at find something that brings you happiness that brings you joy so that you can continue on and just keep playing yeah what about on a personal level because you know me I'm in my 13th year I think playing overseas and you're in your second yeah um but you came in and you were very social 
and you're making, you know, you're smiling, you're making friends quickly. Um, do you think that's important as a foreigner to be able to come in and being able to relate to your teammates? I've, I've always thought that no matter where you are, you have to be able to relate to people around you, build relationships, because that's important for you in life. Mm-hmm. Like, I might go five years from now be playing somewhere else or doing something else and because I've built a bond with you a network I could call you and be like Leslie do you know so and so can you help me with blah 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 but honestly that comes with the personality the person that you are um, but I do think it's important to to build relationships with people on the team even people that work around your your club your program mm-hmm. just to just to make other people smile you know because when they think back, like, for me, everything is about your actions. I want people to remember me and, like, oh, that girl, she was a great person. Mm-hmm. You know, not always just remember me on the basketball court, but remember me as a person. So, like you said, I think building relationships is a big, important thing to do, which other people don't. They're like, I just want to play and leave. I don't need to talk to anybody. That, that's not what I'm here for. I mean, that works for some people, mm-hmm. but... I think it's very important to, to build relationships. Right. It contributes to your experience. I yeah. think it makes your experience that much more rich yeah. um, and enjoyable. That's what, yeah. If I just come here and don't talk to nobody, nobody going to invite me to places. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm really tricky, y'all. I just want y'all to give me stuff Include and take me, me. places. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, no, for like you said, it makes everything better about the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, rapid fire. What jersey number do you wear and why? 23, because I love LeBron James. Okay, gotcha. And now that he, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers and you being in L.A., in the real L.A., as you like to say, <laughs> were you always a Laker fan? or a, No. Like when you were growing up, the NBA team that you liked to watch? LeBron. Oh, okay. Whatever team he was on. Whatever, wherever LeBron is, that's where I am. <laughs> okay. Um, what about on the women's side? Did on you the watch the NBA, WNBA growing up? You're Sadly, younger than I am, so maybe. I didn't. No? Actually, like, until I, until I got, sadly, until I got to, like, college, I didn't watch the mm-hmm. WNBA. And I feel bad sometimes when people ask me about it or ask me about players. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, dang, like, you should know that. This is your sport. You say you love it, but you don't know these basketball players. Right. But I don't. I don't. But now that I've watched, like, I really love Sue Bird because she's just so smart. Mm-hmm. Like, and then after playing with Phoenix, I love T- Diana Taurasi because of her mentality. Like, just being around her changed my mentality so much. It's like... Oh my gosh, <laughs> she is amazing! Like seriously, not not on the court stuff anymore. Like, of course she's amazing on the court, the stuff she does. But if you just have a conversation with her, you're just like just mouth wide open. Just because like, she's intense, or because she's intense, but the 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 things she says, the way she talks, it's just like, girl, I, like girl, I'm the best player out here. Like, we used to be in a locker room sometimes. A coach would be talking at halftime, right? She, You know, c- coach comes in, has her halftime speech. She walks out. She's like, listen, fuck what she's saying, y'all. We just need to come out here and play basketball. I don't know what y'all doing. Just play basketball. I'm like, she's right. <laughs> she's right, y'all. <laughs> Interesting. What about, um, I wanted to ask you this before. Like, did you see how they took care of themselves off the court? Because I know Diana, like, she's changed her physical constitution practically and I don't know if like she changed a lot what she was eating but did you notice their habits like what they did off the court yeah it's crazy like half the team was vegan Hmm. like I that's a big thing now like eating is so important to them like what they put in but I just don't understand it like I'm asking like how are y'all vegan like how (laughs) how are y'all doing this and they're like it's worth it all of them everybody's vegan like it's worth it like my body feels so much better and i don't know if it's because they're older um or what but i I thought about it for a second like maybe i should go vegan 
And then <laughs> I'm like, nah, it's not enough options. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe later. It's a lifestyle change. I mean, it, it would be difficult, especially yes. if you have a partner who isn't vegan or something like that. But um, it must work for them. I'm assuming that they get told by people that are very smart that it's going to be good for them. And then when they try it, maybe they feel really good. So they yeah. just keep doing it. But yeah, yeah they take it vegan. seriously on the court and off the court. They're taking care of themselves. Yes. Um, that's why they're professionals. And they play true. at the league they do. Um, what about when you travel overseas mm-hmm. last year and this year? Uh, we were just talking about peanut butter, but is there anything specific food product that you always bring in your suitcase that you know that you're not going to be able to find? Last year I had to bring gum. Gum? Yes, because I like this. Uh, they don't have it out here either. It's a. Uh, it's like a ice. What is the brand of the, the brand? Gum? It's not like a Wrigley's or a Trident. Or... No, it's not Five. I can't think of the okay. brand, but they don't have it out here. Mm. So I was like, and then when I had the gum out here, not the five, like the, the ones from like the grocery store, yeah. it tastes like rubber, like like you're chewing <sighs> on rubber. So gum. Because um, you chew when you play? Yes. Ah. Yes. I don't know how you do that. I love, I need it. Like it's like extra juice or like when something intense is happening, I'm mm. like. Have you ever uh, chomped down on your tongue or something during oh, the game? Oh, of course. Ooh. Ouch. Of course, but you gotta keep going. It's like it, not, it's like it never happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So you bring rain. gum. Anything else? Last time, I also brought peanut butter crackers. That's peanut butter crackers. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had. It's not a cookie. It's a cracker. Yeah, you never had peanut butter crackers. Like just crackers with peanut butter inside. Like oh, kind of like a Girl Scout cookie, like a peanut butter patty. I never had that. You've never had a peanut butter patty? No. Peanut butter patty? I Girl don't Scout cookies in general? Have you ever had Girl Scout cookies? Yeah, of course. Like oh. the, the, what's the mint one called? Yeah, Thin Mints. Thin Mints. Yeah. A peanut butter patty is just like two cookies with peanut butter in the middle. Oh, no, never But outside of the Girl Scout cookies, I don't think I've ever had just a peanut butter cracker. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Oh, <laughs> ranch. Ranch salad dressing. Yeah. Don't have ranch out. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. <laughs> um, a lot of snacks. A lot of snacks. Okay. And one more thing. You come with a lot, man. <laughs> in that carry-on or in the regular suitcase. No, it takes up a lot of space. I know. So you kind of, you really have to think about it when you're putting it together. <laughs> okay. Um, what would you say is your bread and butter go-to move? I'd probably say like an in-and-out. An in-and-out or a step cross. Okay, for the shot or for, for the penetration. Or, yeah, penetration. Okay. Yeah. Um, and would you say you have a favorite Spanish word that you've learned? I can think of one. That I've learned? Yeah. A favorite word or a word I just say all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A word maybe that you think is difficult, that you like, that you say all the time. But it has to be in Spanish. It can't be terrible. <laughs> That's your English Terrible. word. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. What are these? Oh. This is, yes. Did I say it right? I don't think so, but... <laughs> It's a hard word for me to say too. Dimples, because Erica has these beautiful dimples, Thank and you. in Spanish they're called oyuelos or something that like is that. Oyuelos. Yeah, it's a difficult word. Yeah, I don't say yeah. it much though. It's too hard. <laughs> if it's too hard for me to say, I'll probably just skip. Well, over. thanks to you, that's how I learned that word. Because when I saw you the first couple, like the first week in practice, I was like, man, she's got some dimples. <laughs> so then I had to figure out, like, oh, how do you say that in Spanish anyway? <laughs> so thank you, Erica. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> Um, all right. We already talked about LeBron James is like your favorite player, but, and then Sue Bird, do you, would you say you try to imitate them? Like you can have a favorite player, but then are those the same people that you try to imitate? Um, I like to say I try to imitate LeBron besides the post up part, obviously, (laughs) but, um, the reason I love LeBron is because he has an all around game. He's not just a scorer. He's not just, he does everything Mm -hmm. so that's why I really love LeBron so yeah I try 
but you know I don't have that uh, strength. <laughs> hey, you got some shoulders on you. A little, I got a little something, but it's not <laughs> enough. Okay, um, but yeah, I try to imitate LeBron. Okay, and final question: We just celebrated Halloween. Yes. I know with coronavirus, we you know weren't really able to have a party or dress up or whatnot. But in the past, do you have a favorite Halloween outfit that you've ever uh, worn? A favorite? <sighs> hmm. Probably when I was younger, my favorite was like the Rippler. Because. Rippler? Yeah. Like the. Is, a, is he like a superhero? No, he's a villain. Oh. But you know, when I was young, I used to just used to like having little tools where I could like hit people with. So. What did he have? Did he have like a whip or something? No, he had like a, like a, it's like a, a pole with like a sword on the end. Oh, oh, the, okay. Yeah. Like you know all in about? black. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody that you would see at the cemetery or something like yes, that. Yes. Like yeah. that. Okay. Probably. Um, and your favorite Halloween candy. What's your go-to? Oh. On Halloween, I love chocolate, so probably like a Tootsie Roll, which is crazy. No, a Tootsie Roll? You don't like Tootsie Roll? Seriously, that would be your favorite candy? Are you kidding me? On Halloween. Oh, my gosh, Erica. Because everybody hands out Tootsie Rolls Halloween. But what about like a a king-size Butterfinger, Snickers, Twix? Snickers is my go-to normally. Uh. Halloween, Tootsie Rolls, like nobody wants them. Exactly. I love them. I get them all. I was just listening to a podcast the other day, and the guy said Tootsie Roll, and his co-host just about lost it because he couldn't believe he said Tootsie Roll. And now you just said Tootsie Roll. Yes. Oh, my gosh. They're amazing. Those things take your teeth out. They're so chewy. But they taste so good. So you telling me you don't like Tootsie Rolls. I would not choose. Out of all the Halloween candy in my pillowcase that I got, when I was little, I would not choose Tootsie Rolls. So you would give your Tootsie Rolls to me, huh? I would give them all to you, Perfect. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Erica, we are going to cut this podcast, but thank you for your time, and uh, best of luck tomorrow. Thank you. thank you so much for having me. We're going to go out there and ha- have some fun tomorrow. We are. Erica's professional overseas basketball journey is just beginning. There's no doubt in my mind she's got many more years ahead of her. And why? For a couple reasons. Number one, she's a hard worker. She's in the gym. She's getting better every week. And two, because she's got a great attitude and she's going to fit in wherever this crazy life takes her. Her ability to make people laugh, take instructions, listen, and be coachable are various reasons why she's gotten to this point and why she'll continue to grow and improve both on and off the hardwood. Her advice to all the young ballers out there, work hard, stay confident, and have fun. Enjoy the journey. All right, that's a wrap for this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard this week, please head on over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star evaluation. And feel free to leave us a comment, provide a suggestion, or whatever you feel is necessary. I'm your host, Leslie Knight, wishing you all a safe and healthy week. Ciao!